Now, how many of you are feeling a wee bit tired? No, hands up a bit high. I know you're tired, but put your hand up so I can see it. <laughs> okay, quite a few of you. Okay. How many of you were given a new coffee cup, carry cup, one of those portable refillable things for Christmas? There's one. Any more? Two, three, four, a few? We have lots of them in the house. I don't understand why we have lots of them in the house, because you're supposed to only need one. That's the point. Anyway, we seem to have a lot. Please don't give me one. Don't want it. Got plenty. Thank you. The idea is that you bring it with you and you refill it, thus saving the planet by reducing the number of disposable cups. Good idea? Does anybody think it's not a good idea? Not willing to say. Okay. <laughs> You're all very PC in here. Okay. They are a bit of a pain to carry around. You have to have something to carry them in. And then if you don't have the right kind, if you have one like this, you get coffee splashes on everything in your bag. So you need to get a good one. Anyway, I'm sticking with this one. But if you're exhausted today and feeling a bit like an empty coffee cup, we have good news. It's in Mary's song. We'll come to that later. God likes to recycle people. He likes to refill the empty. Sorry, you can't see it. You just have to remember it's there. Okay, it's there. If I leave it behind later on, you'll know, you'll know whose it is. You can give it to somebody that doesn't have 16. <laughs> There's a very useful principle for giving people difficult news. If you're tired and you don't want news at all, that's okay. But sometimes there are awkward things that have to be said. You have to give uncomfortable feedback to somebody. Who's a school teacher? Any school teachers? Who uses two stars and a wish? Two stars and a wish. So the idea is that you tell your pupil or your colleague, you don't have to tell them it's gold stars, but the idea is you tell them two good things, two stars, before you introduce your wish, your opportunity for improvement or for change. And here in our Bible reading, we have a messenger the angel Gabriel, no less, who turns up in Nazareth with two stars and a wish to bring the word of God to a teenage girl, Mary. Two statements of good news and an opportunity for change. If you heard Radio 4 on the 22nd of December, you've already heard this, but it was so good that you're going to hear it again. <laughs> two stars he gives her are that she's favoured by God and that God is with her. Favoured by God? Who can be favoured by God? Don't we teach that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Don't we know how our lives fall short of all their potential? How can it be that Mary is favoured by God? How can it be that this girl has God with her? These are two amazing pieces of news for this young woman. She's not rich or famous. We don't know if she was very clever. She probably wasn't very well educated. And she's living in Nazareth. It's not a very important place. It's certainly not the capital city. And yet here is the Archangel Gabriel 
telling this girl, little more than a child, that she's favored by God, the creator of all things, and that God is with her. Mary's clearly no fool. She understands that if someone is making that kind of flattering approach to a lowly girl like her, they probably aren't to be trusted. The text tells us she's afraid. She's probably not used to being greeted with that kind of respect. She doesn't say much. And we have little record of how she felt as she grew into her role as bringer of God's most important message ever. Most important message ever is going to be for another sermon. That's M-I-M-E. That's where God speaks through actions rather than words. But we'll do that another time. (laughs) Mime. How could she bring this word of God to the world? She's living under the oppression of Roman rule. Their king, Herod, is vain, arrogant, believes himself to be above the normal laws of decent human behavior. Can you think of anybody else in public life that that reminds you of? Below the radar of Roman Empire and Herod's ugly vanity. Mary comes to be quietly nurturing a life within her that will change everything. A life who will lift up the broken, include those who are marginalized, restore those who are lost. She is growing within herself a life who will bring life to others, but be destroyed itself. And through the destruction of this child's life, through the breaking of his mother's heart, the destruction of the earth is turned inside out. The power of evil is turned against itself so that love conquers death. From this pinhead of life within Mary, there will grow a life in whom there is a whole new creation, a creation of courage, of love, making peace between enemies, reconciling sinful people to a holy God. And this is Mary, who's confused by the angel's words and wonders what they mean. That's good news for us too. It's good news for Mary, but it's good news for us. We may be confused. We may not understand God's word to us. But God continues to love us, to have good plans for us. Mary couldn't make sense of what the angel was telling her. But it was good news anyway. And maybe today we can hear good news for ourselves too. God chooses to continue to love us and our neighbours. God continues to promise to be with us. Emmanuel, come, Lord Jesus. So the angel gives out his two gold stars, praising Mary because she's chosen by God and God is with her. And he reinforces those, don't be afraid. God is pleased with you. But then, like the great messenger he is, he tucks his wish in, the opportunity, right behind the two stars, 
you'll have a son. His name will be Jesus. The opportunity is presented as a part of the praise. Gabriel's announcement doesn't come as a plea or a request. It comes as a fait accompli. God has done something. You're going to have a son. The good things God has begun in us, God will carry on to completion. Our opportunity is to engage and assent in the story. We can never fully understand what it might mean for us to say yes to God. The opportunity is to trust, to believe that God's plans are for good and not for evil in the face of a planet which seems to be bent on self-destruction. We have hope because we have God within us. So along with his two gold stars, his wishes that Mary will receive this child, nurture him, and trust God for all she needs. But let's not gloss over it because it's not necessarily good news to announce to a teenage girl that she's going to have a baby, especially if her fiancé isn't the father. Some of you may have been in that position. Yes, the messenger says, don't be afraid. And well, in it, well he might. She's entitled to feel afraid because in her day, in her culture, an unwed mother might have risked death by stoning. She might have risked a life of rejection by family and fiancé, a life of poverty. Don't be afraid, indeed. Whatever the fear is that you're facing in the year ahead, know that God has something good planned. He said to Mary, you are going to have a son. His name will be Jesus, which means God saves. Mary says, how can it happen? I'm not married. And well, she might ask, how can it happen? People have been discussing, debating, theorizing, theologizing ever since. There's been much speculation about where the baby came from. But even if the speculation were true, it doesn't change the story for me. I'm unperturbed because no matter how messy, how inauspicious our beginning, God has a plan for us. A plan which names us as sons and daughters of God. Highly favoured. People upon whom God's favour rests. And people upon whom God's Holy Spirit can come to plant seeds of life within us. Life which will grow and burst forth from us and become good news for the whole world. As the 13th century German mystic, Meister Eckhart says, we are all called to be mothers of God. God is always waiting to be born. The power to change the world is born in Mary and in each of us, if we let it be. The power to save the world is in the kindness and the courage of Joseph, who dares to take Mary as his wife in the face of all rumours and scandal, and who later flees with them 
to Egypt and then brings them back and raises this child as his own. The power to save the world is in the mysterious and adventurous spirit of Mary. When she says, yes, let it be to me according to your word. The power to save the world is in the tiny baby, helpless yet almighty in eternal love. The power to save the world is in the song of Mary when she sings, tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord who raises up the poor and sends the rich away empty. Let's offer our fatigue, our poverty, our helplessness in dealing with the challenges of our lives. Offer our empty cups to God that we may be filled with life to bring out to the world warmth in the cold, drink to the thirsty. So Christmas celebrates the coming of Christ in a physical human body, the mystery of incarnation. God, perfect spirit of holiness, inhabiting meat, flesh, blood, bone, out of love for human beings to guarantee our place, yours and that of your neighbors and your family and your enemies and your annoying colleagues and the beloved ones, beyond our physicality, we are incorporated into the eternal love of God by the fullness of this spirit who is at work in us. Incarnation becomes indwelling, God's spirit indwelling our lives, making us children of God like Jesus. Incarnation, indwelling, still Presbyterian at heart, have to have another eye, invitation. God invites us to be temples of flesh and blood in which his spirit lives, temples which conceive and bring to birth a new life, a new creation, offering healing and renewal of all relationships, interceding between God and the world. That's who you are, a temple built together into the body of Christ. Incarnation in flesh, indwelling, invitation. And we can return the invitation as people longing for Christ to come again, to reign in us and over all of humanity and all that exists. Oh, come to us. Abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. The Apostle Paul sums it up. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Long before the people on this island celebrated Christmas, they celebrated the solstice, the turning of the global north's winter towards light and the longer, warmer days of spring. They already had an inkling of a promise of joy and hope. Our lives and the lives of people you know may be full of joy or full of hardship, 
But the true story is eternal, one of promise. God loves you. God wants to be with you and be born in you. There's sometimes a painful road ahead, but the best is yet to come. And so as we come to the end of another year and another decade, let's listen and pray as we hear our second reading from the Apostle Paul to the Colossians in chapter 1. I'm going to read this as a blessing over you and as praise to God to unite our hearts. We have not stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. In fact, we always pray that God will show you everything he wants you to do and that you may have all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. Then you will live a life that honors the Lord and you will always please him by doing good deeds. You will come to know God even better. His glorious power will make you patient and strong enough to endure everything. And you will be truly happy. I pray that you will be grateful to God for letting you have part in what he has promised his people in the kingdom of light. God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son who forgives our sins and sets us free. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn son, superior to all creation. Everything was created by him, everything in heaven and on earth, everything seen and unseen, including all forces and powers and rulers and authorities. All things were created by God's son and for him. God's son was before all else, and by him everything is held together. He is the head of his body, who is the church. He is the very beginning, the first to be raised from dead, so that he would be above all others. God himself was pleased to live fully in his son. And God was pleased for him to make peace by sacrificing his blood on the cross so that all things in heaven and on earth would be brought back to God. You used to be far from God. Your thoughts made you his enemies. You did evil things. But his son became a human and died. So God made peace with you. And now he lets you stand in his presence as people who are holy and faultless and innocent. But you must stay deeply rooted and firm in your faith. Do not give up the hope you received when you heard the good news. It was preached to everyone on earth and I myself have become a servant of this message. <laughs> 